On Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity, I share stories of women who have been unfaithful to their spouse or partner. I give them a safe space to be able to explain what happened and why they chose the direction of infidelity. I also feel it is just as important to understand what the betrayed husband or partner faced when they uncovered the truth. She walked in all happy like everything was normal when she saw me sitting at the desk. She knew something was wrong from the look on my face. When she asked me what was wrong, she walked over to my side and saw what I was looking at. She looked sick and started crying. I asked her to tell me what this was. She fell to her knees and started begging for forgiveness. After what seemed like an eternity, she composed herself and tried to explain, but I cut her short and said, was there any more? And she froze. I have known her for 20 years, and the look on her face told all I needed to know. I told her to pull everything up she had and show it to me. She started crying again and said it would only hurt me more. I told her it was too late for that, and if she didn't do it, I would walk out forever. To hear bonus stories of the men's discovery of female infidelity in their relationship and have early access to regular episodes ad-free, subscribe to my Patreon by visiting my website, rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. Subscription pledges start as low as $3 a month. Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity may contain explicit and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster and are not based on the advice of a licensed psychologist, therapist, or a psychiatrist. Listener discretion is strongly recommended. Human lives follow many paths, presenting twists and turns, and choices never planned nor expected. Temptation, anger, depression, and loneliness all can lead a person to make a decision that cannot be reversed. Facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. These are the voices of women who have chosen to cheat on their spouses or partners. Here are their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. An anonymous and no-judgment podcast created and hosted by me, Rebecca Adams. I was an unfaithful wife. You are not alone. All right, so welcome to Let's Ponder. In fact, this is the last Let's Ponder for 2022. And the last Let's Ponder on Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. I've mentioned it before, mentioning it again, that it is moving to its own channel in January. I'm separating the two topics out, and hopefully with that, it'll also help me grow a little bit more, still always accepting new stories, and I just really felt that the topics were getting to a point where it was just okay to split them on their own channels. So you will need to subscribe. I'm still dealing with Apple's delaying and I got to check in with them and find out why. Uh, But it should become available on Apple Podcasts. Right now it's available everywhere else and I have put on 
all the Let's Ponder episodes that I've ever done. Not the midweek ponder if you've been listening for a long time, but just Let's Ponder. So those started in January of 21. So basically two full years worth. And uh, all the new topics will go on that new platform. So hopefully you will be able to subscribe. Sometimes people maybe don't want to listen to that and they need to skip the other stories. And since I've grown, I am just always looking for ways of improvement and felt that this was a good chance for me to go ahead and, and do this. And on that note, as I've mentioned before, we are actually, and I say we, I guess that's me, myself, and I, and you guys. I'm actually changing this to the Raw Truth Podcasts because I'm coming into developing two more podcasts to come along with this. And it won't be full-time. They're going to be uh, seasons and they're going to be series. Um, but the two topics now that are coming available, and I am accepting stories and I have been receiving a lot of them through social media groups. One of them is called Raped. And that's just that. It's about rape. People, both men and women, who have been raped are submitting their stories. They have the opportunity to speak their own voice or send it to me and I will read it like I do with Raw Truth. And the other one is Why Me? I Was an Innocent Child about child sexual abuse. People have so much trauma still from when they were a child some of these suppressed memories and even that of rape too some of the stories i've received i'm just blown away it is so heartbreaking it is there are some sick people out there and so for me i'm always about let's let's get it out here let's not pussyfoot around the subject let's let's talk about it it's raw and it's the truth so as i expand my own little and I can't really say network, even though I do, because networks are a multiple, usually a bunch of different things coming together to work together. Well, my my podcasts are a network, but I'm the only one that's contributing to it. So it's my own within. <laughs> um, but that'll be coming in 2023. And I know that a lot of the stories that I've received on Raw Truth have the start of so many of these women are saying that they were abused when they were a child or they were raped and it's just unbelievable so if you're listening to this and you're interested just shoot me an email and I can help get you through and we'll we'll figure out if you want to share your story personally with your own voice but a different name or your name or if you need to be fully anonymous whichever works best for you shoot me an email rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com okay now for today's episode we are going to be talking about feedback that we have received over the last year or so for some of the stories i've done but also some of the let's ponder topics that we have done i got little stories or thoughts after they'd already streamed and I wanted to share them. So we're gonna go ahead and get started with that. So back in October of 2021, we had revenge cheating. Here's a little sample of what that episode was about. Price list. Scorned lover seemed to like billboards. A North Carolina borrowed MasterCard's priceless campaign to tell her husband she found out he was cheating. It read, Michael, GPS tracker, 
$250. Nikon camera with zoom lens, $1,600. Catching my lying husband and buying this billboard with our investment account? Priceless. Jennifer. Don't play with fire. William Landauer pleaded guilty to spray painting the words, my wife is a cheater on his Colorado home back in March. But the seriously not funny kicker? Lindauer allegedly set the house on fire afterward. Thankfully, no one was hurt. And here's the story I received after the fact. After I discovered my wife's affair, I was devastated. The first few days, I was reduced from a man to a crying child. I was drowning in questions and gloom. But then the anger took over and I was set on having an affair of my own. I wanted her to feel like I felt. I wanted her to be humiliated like I was. It proved to be a hard task. Being betrayed kills the ability to attract a woman which reinforced my belief that I wasn't enough to keep her. My wife was saying two wrongs don't make a right. All I could see was that she had her fun and now it's time to get things right. That fueled my anger. Finally, a woman approached me and she was someone I would have never found attractive. When we had sex, I thought the pain would subside. All I felt was dirty and ashamed. I had given up the one way to make her hurt. If I had remained faithful, she would have felt worse. The only thing I really got from the revenge affair was a deeper insight to why I did it. It wasn't that I wanted to hurt her as much as I wanted to stop the hurt. I thought if I sank to her level, then things would be even and I wouldn't hurt anymore. I also needed to feel like a woman could want me. I regret taking revenge almost as much as I hate what she did to me. Thank you so much for sending that in. The next Let's Ponder topic is strange places people admit to having sex, and it's streamed in August of 2021. And here is a clip from that episode. Number three, lift her up. The best public place I've done it is in a lift. We were at a hotel heading to our room, and before we got in, we were already making out in the lift. I think we call this elevator here in uh, the U.S., right? I did see a security cam there, but that just got me more excited. <laughs> the name is Ritika, age 33. So the stories I received after the fact were, I was seeing a real estate agent for a while. She would show me a house. And the wildest place was inside a crowded bar. I met a woman in a bar. She came back to my table with me. Things were getting rather intense. She was straddling my leg and we were making out. My hand traveled south and she was getting really wet. She was wearing baggy shorts, so I unzipped my pants and moved her closer. I was able to slide one side of her shorts up toward her hip and enter her. She started grinding. After a couple of minutes of this, we decided we needed more room. This bar had a back porch. I zipped up and we started toward the back door. I saw the guy give me a thumbs up on our way out. Luckily, no one was outside and we were able to finish our encounter. <laughs> Ooh, very, very, uh, that is risque right there in public. Awesome. Thank you so much for sending that one in.
So the next one was cheesy pickup lines. And that one streamed back in July of 2021. Here is the clip from that episode. And this is actually one of my best friends. And she sent this one over. Well, this wasn't cheesy, but it was a little creepy. When I was 29, I was waiting in a hotel lobby in Seattle on a bench for a group of people to travel to a conference. This airline pilot in his dress uniform with a hat on walks in, looks me up and down. This guy was in his 60s and asked me if I would go have dinner and spend the evening with him. I was actually attending a Christian women's conference at a very large church. I quickly declined the invitation. It embarrassed me because I felt as though he saw me as a call girl or something. Oh man, that must make you feel icky. Okay, here's another one that I (laughs) think is funny. Are you from Tennessee? Because you're the only 10 I see. Failed miserably. So switching over to the ones that I got from Twitter and... um, A lot of these were from other podcasters. So this first one is from the Family Plot Podcast. Never used it, but my favorite is Nice Shoes, Wanna Fuck? Never heard of it being used successfully by anyone, I believe. And I had a friend named Brandon who used to open with, Hi, I'm Brandon, but enough about me. Tell me about you, your hopes, your dreams, your telephone number. Believe it or not, that worked about 50% of the time. (laughs) That's funny. Okay, here's another one that came in after it had streamed. I had a man pull a note from his pocket. He said it was written by his wife. The note said, it is okay if you have an affair or one night stand with my husband. My response to this woman was, oh my God, what did you do? She said, I walked away. He scared me that he had it pre-planned. And I said, Did you know him before, or it was just some dude that just appeared one day? She said, oh no, he was working the room. He had a definite plan. And I I sincerely doubt it was a letter from his wife. (laughs) I don't know, maybe, but I think the odds were slim. (laughs) Thank you for sending that in. The next one, and I believe this is the last one in regards to the... um, Uh, let's ponder topics this one is a little bit of a longer story and this gentleman intended to send it in for the original show which which uh streamed july of this year 2022 and so i said no go for it i'm if you want to do it now i've got this follow-up show at the end of the year and he did so this is about cuckold but first let's listen to part of the original episode I like the idea of watching her with other men because I like seeing her feel good. I also want to see her whole body in that context. I can't do that all at once if it's just me. I don't consider it cuckolding though, since I don't like the emasculating nature of it or the idea that the other man is taking what is mine. I reject any kind of possessiveness and just want her to feel free as an individual. I don't believe any part of the individual needs to be sacrificed when you're part of a couple. I've never allowed any man to fuck my wife in front of me, but for a little while, while my friend had nowhere to go, I allowed him to stay with us. I could see the tension between them and I could tell she wanted it. They would literally stare at each other, and my wife loved to sit between my friend and I on the couch, 
in just so that she could be close to him, be touching. Like I said, I will be very honest. Around that time, I was doing Molly, and there was this one morning I didn't feel like going to work. I was very horny, so I decided to stay at home so I could masturbate. I got comfy on my bed and grabbed my lube and started jacking off with porn on the TV. I left the bedroom door barely cracked, and I really started getting into it. My wife stood outside the door watching me and playing with herself. But then I heard my friend show up, and I could hear them out in the next room. I could hear her gagging from his cock, or on his cock, and yeah, it kind of turned me on. So I turned it to hardcore porn and turned it up and started masturbating hard. I would moan real loud from time to time to kind of let her know that I knew what she was doing, and then I turned up the TV to max. Next thing you know, I hear her moaning, and I could just hear the smacking of skin, and she started screaming, fuck me, daddy, give me your big black cock, and starts to scream, make me your filthy slut, fuck me harder. I won't lie, I did come pretty damn hard, but normally I only fuck my woman. It just made me horny just telling you about it, but I think now, having two girlfriends, I would probably let one of them do it if they asked, only because they both turned bisexual for me. So out of fairness, I think I would do it, but I'd be fucking my other girlfriend at the same time, though. Okay, and here is the additional story for Cuckold. My wife and I have been together for 17 years, and we've been married for 12 years. Until four years ago, I was the only man she'd ever had sex with. Four years ago, she went to a girls' night out, and she spent a lot of time talking about sex with one of her girlfriends. She told her that I was the only man she'd ever had sex with, and then her friend asked for more details, like such as the size of my dick. My wife answered that I was on the very small size of the spectrum. Her friend was surprised and shocked and asked her if she managed to reach an orgasm with me. My wife said it was extremely rare and that even when it happened, the orgasms that she had were not all that great. Her friend then shared her personal experiences with men and told my wife that she was currently seeing a man as a friend with benefit and that the sex with him was outstanding and that he had a very big cock. She told my wife that she was really missing out and convinced her to try to have sex with men who had big cocks to see what real orgasms felt like. My size is three inches and my wife's friend's friend with benefit size is nine inches. A few days later, my wife's girlfriend told her that she asked her friends with benefits if he had one of his friends who had a big dick and who was looking for a woman. She soon found someone and convinced my wife to spread her legs out for that guy so she could see how good a big dick felt. So initially, she cheated on me. She then confessed to me that she cheated. I asked her why she did it, and she explained to me that she wanted to try something new, and she said she loved so much to have sex with that man that she just couldn't get enough. She said she wanted me to give her a hall pass for her to keep seeing that man. I was hesitant at first, but in the end I said yes, and shortly after that she started becoming pretty bored with me in the bedroom when it came to sex. I asked her why, and then she asked me if I would like to watch her when she's having sex with that man. She said it would be the best way to answer my question. 
So we arranged a meeting and I watched them have sex right in front of me. I had never seen her moaning like that, that it was so intense. I was also amazed by the man's dick. It really was big and large. It was a very complex mix of emotions for me, but overall I was super excited. I came in my pants in less than two minutes. I have been in this lifestyle for four years now. It happens on a very, very regular basis, at least once a week. I feel our marriage is fine. He just wants to have sex with her, but she doesn't spread her legs out for me anymore. To finish on that first time when I watched them having sex, she noticed that I came in my pants within two minutes, and that's when everything changed. She said, Oh, you really like seeing me have sex with real men, don't you, honey? I'll never forget that line. And since that day, I slowly drifted toward the sissy side, with her cheering me up to go down that road. She will use verbal humiliation when she's having sex with other men in front of me. She will say things that are humiliating, such as, Oh my God, it feels so good to be fucked by a real man. Or, have you already came in your panties while watching me have sex with another? I should also mention that I do wear panties every time I watch. She also enjoys teasing me about my size while she is having sex with one of her bulls. She doesn't allow me to masturbate while watching, but since I don't have sex with her anymore, I'm usually so horny that I come in my panties without even masturbating. She has two regular bulls. I miss intercourse, but I masturbate a lot to compensate. Another thing that is a little embarrassing, but still I have to mention, is that I give head to her bulls when they come over to get them ready to have sex with her. I enjoy giving head to them, and I've always felt a little bi-curious, but I had never done anything with men before. Also, when one of her bulls comes to spend the night, he sleeps in our bed. She teased me about my size with her two best girlfriends when they came over for dinner at our place one time. I have accepted this lifestyle, and I am fine with it. So to me, this is a perfect example of what a cuckold truly can be. Um, you know, historically, the term cuckold meant your wife was cheating on you. And then it kind of moved to where a cuckold is somebody that watches his wife have sex with somebody else, but is humiliated. So now we're going to move on to feedback. And there were some stories that had come out and people had sent in some feedback regarding them. So the first one is Scott. So first, I'm going to play a little clip from Scott's story, and then I will read the feedback. There was one time deep into her activities at the fire department that she had gotten up for work one morning and decided to pour salt in the wounds. Her timing sucked. She sat me down and said, You know I'm not in love with you anymore, right? No shit. You know I am out drinking with my coworkers, right? Am I supposed to have a crystal ball to see that? And then there was this one. You don't have the guts to divorce me as it would be an embarrassment to your family. At this point, I was having another out-of-body experience. I was not believing what I was hearing, but at the same time, I was believing it. And it was just one more sign she was cheating on me. Again, no comment from me. I just wanted her to get her ass out of the house so I could get rid of the evil she brought. 
Regarding getting a divorce, there was a gentleman whom Katie had worked for as his dispatcher for his carpet cleaning business. He also held a position of leadership in our church and had met with Katie where she had told him what had happened. This was all unknown to me until the confession. After she had told me what had happened, he contacted me and wanted to meet. I trusted him completely. He was kind and understanding of the situation. The things that stick out in my mind from this meeting are two things. First, he told me, there won't be a divorce because of this. I don't remember asking why, but I do remember feeling that it was a good counsel at the time. The other thing was more straightforward. You are not going to leave that home. Feedback. Hi, Rebecca. Hope you're doing well. I haven't chimed in lately, but I think Katie is a classic example of a sex addict. When there are no consequences and they do not hit rock bottom, they will never deal with the underlying issue and heal. I will bet she cheated many more times over the years than he knows about. Trust me, I've been in Scott's shoes for many years until I learned to deal with it. It's only after my wife was about to lose me and the kids did she truly deal with her addiction and turn her life around. This is why Katie totally wasted her time and money with her PhD therapist who probably had no experience dealing with addiction. I've blown through many thousands of dollars with the wrong therapists whom my wife lied to so she'd be able to continue what she was doing. Scott needs to throw the rug away and face reality. He needs to see his own therapist who has experience with addiction. He can still turn his life around and find happiness and serenity. He's been through so much pain and suffering and deserves this for himself. If his wife sees the light and is willing to do the hard work required to deal with her addiction, it's even possible for her to turn her life around and hopefully their marriage. But this is up to Katie and not in Scott's control. Thank you for your amazing work. Thank you for that powerful feedback and I will make sure that Scott hears this episode and here's what you had to say about that. Uh, I really appreciate you sending that in. So the next episode that we're going to talk about uh, was about Molly and that streamed, it was a two part and it streamed in May of 2022. So here is a little clip from her story. I was a bit hurt, but played it off. He proceeded to tell me he hadn't been with anyone since me, and he wasn't even sure if it worked now. It made me feel better that it wasn't me. He was just struggling with his health and was working on getting better. He did start to improve. He finally came back to work in the beginning of November as his health seemed to be getting better. He had been doing well and was sober. At that point, I figured we were done with our affair. I was in therapy and began to mourn the loss of the relationship. I started to hope I could repair my marriage and tried taking steps to rekindle our relationship. We had some outside battles that played against us though. First, my husband got COVID, then he had eye surgery, and then he got a vasectomy. So it left little time to work on us. I had also started a new full-time job in a new building. It helped to separate the memories I had of Evan, 
So, although things weren't the best, I had something new to focus on and I started to reserve myself for a life without Evan. Deep down though, I always had the hope of Evan coming back. Around the beginning of November, I had forgotten something at home during a work morning and turned around to go get it. I saw Evan at the end of our neighborhood lane and saw him slowing and rolling his window down. I stopped and he told me that he was being let go from his job. We were in a bit of a rush, so I told him I'd text him and we could chat later. I got to work, sent him a text and asked when his last day was. He said the end of December, and then he said that only gives us six more weeks of lunch breaks. Feedback Just finished listening to Molly's story. At the risk of sounding insensitive, I would like to share a few points. Number one, it sounds like her marriage was typical and could have been worked on before she decided to cheat. Now that she's chose to step out and experience the excitement that comes with any new relationship, she will probably have the will and put effort in to correct her marriage. Number two, she is giving up the possibility of having a good life with the man she shares kids with by choosing a guy who obviously is using her. He is getting everything, including someone to baby him while he drinks and take care of him in his sickness and has nothing to lose. She has everything to lose. And number three, with all the therapy in the world, this marriage stands no chance if she doesn't fess up about her affair, especially since it's his friend too. There is no way to be intimate with this looming secret. Thank you so much for sending that in. The next feedback is about Dylan, and that story streamed September 23rd and 30th of 2022. And the feedback is actually directly from himself. But first, let's listen to a clip. And again, this was on Patreon, so subscriber only was able to hear this original full story. There are so many things that I still don't know. I don't think she is capable of feeling any true remorse. We have never remarried and we never will. She has a good job that she loves. She was able to come back home in less than two years from moving out. The whole thing didn't cost her anything substantial. In fact, her affair made her life better because of the career she now has. So, what did I get out of it? Granted, I did have a revenge fling, but it was nothing positive. I do regret the revenge fling. To this day, I still have mental images of Marie with Joe. It makes sex difficult for me because I can't focus strictly on her. I have to try and block out the intrusive thoughts and mental images. I have the shame that I feel, not only for seeking out another woman to redeem myself as a man, but the shame of the appearance of condoning her actions by letting her come home. The nightmares have dropped significantly. I only have one every two or three months, but little things she does that mean nothing are triggers for me. If I walk into a room and she turns off her phone, or if she's a little late getting home, I get triggered. If she wants to know where I am or when I will be home, it makes me think she is planning to see someone. 
The only small bit of satisfaction I got was when I made her call the affair partner's wife and apologized to her, which is more than I ever got. There are many other little things that are collateral damage, but basically her decision ruined my life and caused harm to others. I learned a hard lesson in that I should have been my best for her instead of trying to change her actions. Maybe this would have never happened if I had taken the lead and concentrated on being a better husband. He wrote, I can't tell you how much you've helped me. Sharing my story helped to dump a lot of unresolved issues. Your podcasts have given me other ways to think about what happened. This process gave me ideas that you may or may not find helpful. One is a ponder about what the unfaithful should have done to help the betrayed spouse, and what did the unfaithful do that helped the most? After an affair is discovered, the unfaithful needs to take the lead on cleaning up the mess. Getting a good counselor is only the beginning. There are day-to-day things that have to go on for years. The other idea was the concept of affairing down. One of the first things the betrayed wants to know is why wasn't I enough? And actually, I told him that we actually did a whole episode, I believe it was earlier this year, might have been last year, time goes by so fast, and the affairing down was actually on a Let's Ponder, so that is available out there. So, he goes on to say, when the affair partner is less attractive or is a piece of shit, this tends to further devastate the betrayed. My wife's affair partner was at least 15 years older than she was. When people found out who she had the affair with, they would have a slight disgust look on their face. This made me have feelings of self-hatred. When I asked her why, she said, I don't know. Your podcast helped me realize that I don't know kind of fits. It doesn't matter what the guy looks like or how far down the social ladder he is. If a guy can fill a void a woman is feeling, she can be drawn. It seems to me that filling the void obliterates all risks. To say men and women are different is a huge understatement. God made us different to complement each other. How else to make us one? I also think he wanted to make one an unsolvable puzzle that required a man and a woman to constantly have to talk. To solve the puzzle would take a lifetime, or most of a life, then it would have too much work in it to throw away. A woman's thought process is far different than a man's. The reasons a man cheats will likely differ from a woman's reasons. When a man tries to understand why a woman was unfaithful, he can only see her actions within his own thought process. He can't understand why she can't explain in terms he can understand. I may be wrong, but she may not fully understand herself. These ideas may not be what you're looking for. It must be hard sometimes to come up with ideas for the show. Use them or not, I just wanted to try and give back. You provide a valuable service. You may even save someone's life. And that is very, very kind of you to say, I hope I make a difference and help others. So Dylan actually ended up sending a second feedback when he found out that his episode was going to stream. He wrote, This really helped me. There was so much shit that literally poured out. I hope this helps to broaden your show as well. This is a valuable service to men who have been hurt. It can be a roadmap to women who have gone too far to help their husband heal. The biggest takeaway, I hope, is that when someone cheats, the consequences can reach farther than expected. 
Thanks so much, Dylan. I really do appreciate all your feedback. It's been great and you've been a great support of the podcast and I'm glad you are feeling better and working through everything. The next story feedback is about Ryan and that was also a Patreon exclusive and it streamed in uh, May of 2022. Here's a little clip from Ryan's story. My research tells me that people who have that connection are also soulmates and lifelong lovers, even when apart. True? When I first asked her if she loved him, her response was, We had this connection. I do not know what she meant, if emotional or sexual or both. Let's discuss frequency. This question has been on my mind for years. When the affair was first discovered, I asked her how many times did she fuck him. She said maybe 12. The last time I asked her, she responded, not as often as you think. I countered once a week, once a month. She responded, less than once a month. My guess is that they were intimate just over 50 times during the seven years. Less than once a month? When and where did you screw him? Before work, lunchtime, after work? Weekends when shopping? Which offices? I knew the answers, as she had told my friend. All sex positions? Oral sex? She answers, yes and yes. Did you have a song, a special place, or code? Are there songs that remind you of him? Neither of these questions were asked. What do you remember telling him I knew about the affair? She said she went into his office, closed the door behind her, and said, I'm sorry. Ryan knows about us. Did you have lunch together one last time? No. Hey, Rebecca, thanks for posting Ryan's story. Seven years is a long time for his wife's affair, and I totally relate to his strong feelings many years later. My wife was in one of her relationships for four years, and although it's over eight years since her last fling and 16 years since that four-year affair, I constantly think about it and wonder how she was able to do that. The only difference is that I keep it to myself. There is a part of me that still wants to know every detail and my list of questions seem endless. However, all I will do is bring her down and probably hurt myself too, knowing too much. I look at it like losing a child, God forbid. The pain will always be there, but you just got to move on. Thank you. Thank you for that feedback. And the last part today is just general feedback in general about the podcast. So this person says, I have been listening to your podcast nonstop. It has really helped me gain clarity into my own situation and what I believe I need to do. I listened to your personal story this morning. I am so sorry you had to go through all that you did, but I am thankful for your choice to share with others. I felt like I was completely alone until I found your podcast. The roller coaster from day to day can be overwhelming, but after listening to other women's stories, I feel a bit more direction. 
I have gotten more out of your podcast and articles that you share that I have from my very pricey therapy. Cheers to that. And that is awesome. And I, you know, I'm sharing these feedbacks with you because I'm not trying to um, toot my own horn, but I am, to me, this type of stuff, when people send like what this last person did, this woman did, it, it shows me that I'm doing something right. You know, I made poor choices and I have consequences to those choices, just like anybody who chose to cheat, whether they're a man or a woman. But my goal was to be able to step out and help other people know they're not alone. And, you know, cheating is wrong. We all know that. We know that, but it happens. Becoming an alcoholic, becoming a drug addict, drug addict, driving drunk. There are tons of things in our lives that we know we shouldn't do. But sometimes people do them for whatever reason they feel that it's the right thing for them to do. So rather than judging and putting our opinions on them, what we do is let them talk about it. And that is why this podcast is here for women to talk about why they did it. And it's helping. And that makes all of this worth it. Thank you all so much for being here today. Be sure you subscribe to Let's Ponder with Rebecca Adams, where you listen to podcasts. And actually, my very first story for 2023, because it is a very taboo subject, but it is also about female infidelity, will be the same story, just on the two different platforms. But, so I guess that's an easy transition. But anyways, I I don't want to lose you guys. So, If you like the Let's Ponders, please look for it and subscribe. And hopefully the Apple will come out soon uh, so that I can get that going. I don't want to put that behind and, and miss out on anybody. So any thoughts and ideas that you think is a good idea for Let's Ponder, shoot them my way. Um, I've got topics like fun things like wedding disasters. Um, what about if you had a sexual attraction to your in-law, like your brother-in-law, your sister-in-law, you know, things like that. There's a whole bunch that I'm going to start to research to do, but I still love everybody's ideas. So please send them my way. Rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. If you are an Apple subscriber and you are not finding it and you're not sure when, shoot me your email. And then as soon as I know it's up and going, I will let you know it's there. So you can just put it on me to let you know. Um, So you're welcome to do that. And again, thank you for all of your support. I hope everybody had a good 2022. Again, back in January of 2023 with new stories with Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity on this channel. And let's ponder with Rebecca Adams on its new channel. Take care, everybody, and happy holidays. Thank you for listening to Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. Your support of the podcast is truly appreciated. Be sure to visit my website at rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. There, you will find story guides to help form your story, where you can subscribe to Patreon, and an opportunity to vote for the podcast to be in the Hot 50 Countdown for Podcast Magazine. To submit your story, share feedback about the show, or if you have a Let's Ponder suggestion, please email it to rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. Each story is taken into careful consideration, read without judgment, and always anonymous. 
Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity is written, produced, and edited by me, Rebecca Adams. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Be kind to one another, be kind to yourself, and always remember, no judgment. Goodbye. Goodbye.